0: Hi, and welcome to the Wise Women's Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Angela Council. And with a background as a naturopath, I thought I knew exactly what happened to women when they reached menopause until I experienced it myself. I then realized that there was so much more to this time of life than what was written in the textbooks. I decided it was time to bring this stage of life out of the closet and to have some open and honest conversations with women who are going through the same journey. Wise Women's Conversation has been created to share information and experiences from other wise women in our community. Sit back and listen to the wise women speak. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Wise Women's Conversations and this interview or conversation is one that I recorded a little while ago um, with Tegan Marshall. Uh, Tegan wrote a book called Facing Fears it's absolutely fantastic book and she also wrote an article in one of the issues of the Barga Woman magazine so originally I recorded this conversation with Tegan as part of the magazine but I thought I'd share it with you because it's very very um, the topic of facing our fears is something that I think that many women struggle with particularly as they get older and life is changing for them and they're not sure what's happening next now tegan is a speaker she's a serial entrepreneur when she's not writing a book and coaching women on facing fears she also runs a digital um, agency with her husband she travels the world um, lives in all different places she doesn't have a they decided to do home sitting all around the world so they there every time i speak to tegan she's in a different part of the world so um tegan has a a um a a very strong story her background she came from a a place of um abuse um as a child and in her book she goes through how she actually got out of that situation and how she dealt with the constant fear that she had Um, tegan believes that it's fear that holds us back from being everything that we possibly can be and that's why she's on a mission to help women to master their fears and become the women they truly could be and in this conversation as I said we're talking all about fear we talk about what it is and why we need to make friends with fear Um, during the conversation you'll hear quite a few of my fears because we discuss that in quite detail. Um, Tegan shares with with us some actions that we can take to reduce the fears actually coming into reality and also what to do if the same fears keep coming up time and time again. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Tegan. From my heart to yours, infinite love and gratitude and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. I want to thank you for joining us and I want to thank our guests for joining us as well. Uh, Tegan Tegan Marshall is she's an expert on fear. She knows all about fear. Now, Tegan's had a pretty tough upbringing as a child, but one of the things she realised is as she worked through all the stuff that was going on in her life is that she had to learn to get over the fear. And now one of the things Tegan does is she helps people get over fear. She's written a book called Facing Fears.
1: Hi, Angela, and everybody
0: listening or watching.
1: (laughs) It's lovely to be here.
0: let's, Let's just start with... What is fear? I mean, I know an acronym for it. It's F everything and run. But what is fear? Because there's a reason why we have fear. So I want you to explain fear because we shouldn't really be looking at it too much as a negative all the time.
1: That's right. And a lot of people do see fear as a negative. They try to avoid it. And as a human being, we tend to prefer to go towards things that we enjoy. And fear isn't something that we enjoy. So we do try and avoid it. But one of the things that one of the steps, main steps in the method that I teach people is to actually make friends with their fear. And if you can see fear as a a guidepost, a a signpost to take action, then it can actually help you in so many ways. So making friends with that fear is, is a really good thing. But fear itself is actually just a reaction to a something that we have experienced in the past and or perceived to be going to happen in the future. So that's what fear is. It's just an emotional reaction.
0: So one of the reasons I love doing these interviews is I get to work out on all of my issues. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) So we're going to work through my fears on something right now. So in a couple of weeks' time, I'm off on a big trip to South America with my husband so exciting. no (laughs) (laughs) so there's a few things normally when we go on um, we go on holidays and things like that I organize everything this time I've organized nothing this is something my husband wanted to do for his um, 60th birthday so he's organized everything has it all down on little spreadsheets and all of this so fear number one is I'm not in control and I have no idea what's happening. I've had a bit of an idea of the itinerary but it's so confusing that I really don't know what's happening. So that's fear number one. Fear number two is I'm not a great traveller. So I don't travel a lot and particularly don't travel to countries where I don't speak the language. <laughs> so here comes B number two. I'm now going to South America. Have no idea how to speak the language. I've been trying to brush up on a little bit of Spanish, and I've got as far as Ola, and that's about it. What I learned from Dora when the kids were, <laughs> were kids were babies. Um, it's three weeks, and generally I don't do going away from home for longer than about two weeks because I like to be home, and because I'm also leaving my kids at home um so that's the longest the like the both of us has been i've been away but my husband's always been here so it's like the both of us have got someone else got my sister-in-law looking after them my my son's now going don't go don't go and even though they're old enough to look after themselves i mean they're 15 and 13 i've got all this stuff coming up so it's not exciting for me at all yet (laughs) and it's three weeks away (laughs) And I've got to get the excitement going. Uh, okay. the, other, the other fourth little fear is when I come, by the time I come back, I may not be speaking to my husband ever again. So <laughs> I'll either be, we'll be closer than ever or we'll be divorced. That's kind of one well, the other, I right figure. Travel does that. <laughs> so, you being a great traveler, because you sure. at the moment are in Thailand, you travel everywhere, you work wherever, you can basically plug a computer in, and you know all about fears. I need to work on this right now. <laughs> you're totally okay. out of my comfort zone. All right. So,
1: the the good news is is that the difference between excitement and fear is very, very small. It's a fine line. It's the same feelings in a lot of ways, you know, the the the, the heart goes racing, the the you, you know the palms sweat sometimes when you're excited, you know, the the it's very fine line the difference between the two. So we've just got to get you past that little bit. So one of the first things you, we do as humans when we're afraid of something is we make it much bigger than what it really is. so you know it's it's one of the steps that I take people through is you know to determine whether that fear is real or not and it's a really important step because your the fear you're feeling right now feels real, I'm sure right mm-hmm. yeah it does <laughs> it does it does, and for someone else, it might feel this big. And for you, it might feel like a, what I call a die zone. Like, you know, it really feels like if I go on this trip, that I might actually die. So
0: well, mighty, yeah, to,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is South America, you know, things can happen. Um, <laughs> so what, what it's a really, really great thing to do with, with any fear that feels like this. And I can see it in your face and in your body when you're talking about it, you're, you're like, you know, it's, it's really got a grip on you. So first of all the it, it can be exciting. So looking at the end, you know, result, we want you to be excited about. It. You want to be feeling excited about mm-hmm. it. And you want that feeling of excitement to be real. So let's have a look at whether the fears are real or not. Okay. okay? So what we do is we take kind of more of a logical look at it. So we go more into our logical brain because fear, you know, really uses our emotions to play with us a bit. And is it really real? So let's have a look at, first of all, the trust side of things, the you know control and whether your husband's actually worked it all out or not. Now he sounds like he's at least um, a bit more organized than some husbands in that he's got a spreadsheet. <laughs> well, a and really
0: I, I did hook him up with our travel agent and I trust our travel agent. So there that big go. Yeah, is kind of okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, so what I like to do is grab a piece of paper, split it down the middle, Put what's real on one side, what's not on the other, and write those out. So basically brain dump everything that you're afraid of. And if we just keep it to the things that you've got control of, so let's just look at that main one. So brain dump, okay, everything to do with that. So what are the chances of him making a mistake? Well, let's, let's face it, realistically, he's human, okay? So we can all make mistakes. So there are probably going to be things and I can guarantee you having traveled permanently and we spend for the last three years and we spend a month in each country. Mm -hmm. So we're changing countries every month. We go to at least two to three new countries a year to experience those. But I also like to balance it with countries that I'm aware you know, familiar with as well. Um, So through all those. I can give you lots of experiences where, you know, we've planned everything and it's beyond our control. My recent wedding is one of them, okay? (laughs) So sometimes you can make the best laid plans and that's the truth. But sometimes things out of your control like volcanoes and torrential floods, okay, (laughs) um, are out of your control. So then it's good to have a look at, well, what, happens if something like that happens and fear uses our self-doubts and our insecurities against us so what is it you're really afraid of is that you can't handle what could have might happen now you're you're a woman that's had how many children two right and you've brought them up and you've survived <laughs> right yeah, but we all
0: speak the same language <laughs> i know
1: <laughs> we'll get to the language in a minute get to the language in a minute so the chances of you not being able to handle something um you run your own business you have for a long time you've done you've got a magazine a podcaster like you you're an amazing incredible woman that is so capable you're very very smart and these are the truths Mm -hmm. so you've got to balance out your fears with the truths and remind yourself of the truth. You know, think of some things that you've handled that were off the cuff and not, not prepared for, you know, those sorts of things. And give yourself examples. Because really, all you're doing is you're feeding what I call your fear monkey on your shoulder. You're feeding it the bananas, which aren't true. Mm-hmm. So I want you to start feeding that fear monkey the truths. I'm a capable woman. I can handle anything. And we'll get to the language in a minute. Um, I can handle anything. I can handle any situation, I'm I'm strong, I'm fit, I'm healthy. You know, you've got this. You've right got yo. this. Okay. And it's about feeding that monkey so that it doesn't turn into an orangutan sitting on your shoulder and bringing it down to a nice little monkey where you go, yeah, okay, I might be a bit cautious this time and I'm going to strap my money to my, you know, put get a money pouch and put that in there. And that's the reality of fear too. So balancing out what's real and what's not. What's real in South America is there's lots of pickpocketers. That's a fact. So then you look at the action you can take. What can I do to minimize that happening? Buy yourself one of those um, money holders and passport holders that are actually under your clothes and no one can get to. Okay. What's another thing that can happen in South America? you might be actually um, held up or something like that. Someone might try to rob you. No, it's true. Let's look at the realities of it. Okay, let's be real about this. Okay? It's a reality that it could happen. So what can you do to combat that fear and that possibly happening? Number one, don't get, go down dark alleys. Number two, always go in in groups, you know, with you and your husband. Go do tours that are in groups. Mm -hmm. makes it much less harder. Stick with people. Stick with, you know, in areas where there's lots of people. And, you know, don't wear your jewelry. When I travel to some countries, I take all my rings off, um, I take my jewelry off, and I wear the cheapest jewelry from a local market that I can possibly find. Um, The other thing you can do is blend in as much as possible. Don't be looking lost plan out plan out your journey when you're in your hotel room so that when you're walking somewhere you are full of confidence you mm. know where you're going if you're not sure step into a store and then have a look at where you're at don't stand on the street going i don't know where i am it just makes you a target so these are things so fear can be helpful it can help you to prepare yeah. and those are some of the things that you can do and i've traveled as a single person before i met my now husband And um, those are the things that I used to do as a single woman traveling in in foreign countries. Um, And, you know, yeah, you just prepare. You just be smart. You've got the smarts. (laughs) So um, trusting your husband in regards to, yes, things might go wrong, but trust is an interesting thing because it's a choice. You can choose to trust him, but I always believe, don't be stupid about it either. You know, take a bit of responsibility, you know, ask him like, Clark, my husband, does a lot of the preparation of our travel arrangements as well. And that was hard for me to let go of as well, being a single traveler that was always new, you know. But it's a really nice thing to empower your husband to do that and not pick on him if he gets something wrong because <laughs> chances are you could have got something wrong as well, okay? And that will help you with the last point of coming back <laughs> still in love with each other, okay? <laughs> so... <laughs> Just be kind to each other and, you know, he is a human and I think it's very, very easy to focus and your fear monkey likes doing that, focusing on the faults of other people um, because we're oh so perfect. Not usually. (laughs)
0: No. Um,
1: Exactly. And, you know, just seeing your husband, you know, and commending him on the things that he has done and his strengths and that's in every relationship. Fear shows up in relationships and especially when you travel. We actually travel, we did a road trip across America within the first three months of our relationship. And that I can tell you, okay, it was English. They kind of speak English over there. <laughs> <laughs> I love the American accent. Um, but that, you know, that, will deter, that determined whether we were either going to love or hate each other because travel does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found in that is really looking at what are his strengths and don't give him a hard time for things that aren't his strengths. You know helping with things like that and vice versa um, you know something that is not my strength um, you know Clark doesn't pick on me about you know and we've set yeah. we've up so it's about you know just seeing each other's strengths and accepting each other's um, you know not so strong points as well because we can't be strong at everything
0: that's right yeah
1: it's boring <laughs> Now, the language. Okay.
0: <laughs> the language.
1: So, I'm currently in Thailand. We are actually staying at a friend's house, which is way out in a remote area. So, yesterday I went to a local cafe, which, in itself, the food and the things like that, and trying to work out the foods and stuff like that, nothing was in English whatsoever. But guess what? They have pictures. <laughs> Most places, because um, you know, Thailand, South America, any of those places that have tourists—and let's face it, there's tourists pretty much everywhere these days—are um, all after the tourist dollar to support their economy, to make you know to feed feed their children, you know, survive in business, just like we are. Feed their children, send their kids to school, and survive. So they really do want to help you. That's what I've learned through traveling through all different types of countries is they really do want to help you. Um, sometimes more than, you know, people want to help us at home. Mm. Um, I think it's really nice to be a tourist. And that's one of the reasons why I love traveling all the time. People say, how do you do it? And that's a, you know, for another podcast or something, you know, another day, but <laughs> Um, part of it is just you know really enjoying that we're a tourist in a in a community, and we do tend to stay outside the sort of major tourist areas. But these people had a menu with pictures on it. So I was able to work it out. Now I have a huge fear because I'm extremely allergic to crustaceans. Um, so um, I don't want to, you know, and in Thailand, for example, they put fish in everything. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's a matter of just being smart. and remember we said, to your little fear monkey, I'm a smart woman, so I've got this, so just be smart. Um, you know, I chose, I chose beef, something that's got beef because they're not usually gonna put fish with it, um, and rice, and some vegetables that I could see wouldn't be cooked in that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and they also, if you try and learn the language, and trust me, it's easier than you think, South America, Spanish, and everything is
0: so much easier than Thai. <laughs> okay. Yes, because, yes. Yeah, exactly. That's why I haven't been to Japan or China yet.
1: Yes. <laughs> <It's> like,
0: beyond <laughs> that. There's, there's ways.
1: There's <laughs> ways you can use it, and the wonderful things that you can use is technology. So Google Translate is yes. my friend, <laughs> my absolute best friend. And um, even though it's not always right, you can pretty much work it out between you. And people love that you're trying to talk to them. So they will try and take the time to, you know, try and understand what you're saying. So um, it's a good thing that you're a tourist because they're there to help you. They Mm -hmm. really do want to help. And I know that to be true in South America because they're just so passionate and (laughs) loving and passionate it's you're just gonna have a wonderful wonderful time
0: okay i'm gonna have a wonderful time i'm getting excited yes
1: now what are some of the things that you love to do that you might find in south america
0: oh well see i just want to go and sit on the side of the mountain and match pitch you and I connect with nature my husband though is a bit of a look at the old building thing yep like when we're in um cambodia like It was just temple after temple after temple and we're kind of going oh okay do we have to do another temple but that's okay he can go look at the temples and i'll go sit on the side of the mountain and commune with nature
1: Exactly. And it's about <laughs> compromising and working together. Um, Clark and I are very, very different people. Um, I'm like, I love being in, you know, the middle of like people and, and celebrations and, and those sorts of things. And I recently did a, a live on a market in um, Chiang Mai. And, you know, it's packed like this. It's shoulder to shoulder. Uh, no, see, I wouldn't um, like that. Yeah. So you're, you're with Clark, <laughs> yeah, right? I like so, space. Exactly. So Clark was actually set up in a cafe that had, you know, a few people there, not too busy, just watching. So he could see me coming and going and, you know, that sort of thing. And he could see the buzz, but he wasn't in it. Yeah. So it's about working with each other to kind of, you know, work together, which, as you know, how long have you been married for now? Oh, a long time. Yeah. yeah exactly very long time it's, it's
0: about
1: working together and you know with things that you know we do we each just you know understanding each other and you don't get as far as you have without understanding each other so yeah you'll be fine
0: okay so enough about me <laughs> no this is good i love it for our viewers they might be sick of hearing my story um what are the what would you say would be the Key, three key things that if someone's noticing a continual fear that keeps coming up whether or not it's a fear of money a fear of being visible a fear of speaking out you know three things that they could probably do that could actually help them um will not necessarily get over the fear but accept the fear for what it is and change the meaning of the fear exactly so um i'm glad you asked i get excited about this stuff too <laughs>
1: So um, there's actually seven steps in my freedom method, but there's some that you can, and and the beauty of each of those steps is that whatever you put into play will actually help to reduce that fear monkey down to a nice little size. So one of the main ones we talked about already, which is just um, evaluating whether that fear is real or not. And stopping and just sort of asking yourself that question sometimes is enough just to acknowledge the fear because that fear monkey, he he or she has a job to do Mm. and that is to protect you. So, you know, she's just trying to look out for you and just trying to sort of keep you small so that you don't go and hurt yourself. Problem is with keeping small is that That's not a fulfilling life. So you've got this constant battle of, you know, this part of you that wants to keep you small and safe and the other part of you that wants to, you know, explore the world and and live your purpose and do all the wonderful things. So just sometimes just asking yourself, stopping and asking and going, what is it I'm actually really afraid of here? And sometimes your fear monkey won't let you know exactly what it is because it's trying to protect you. And so spend a bit of time and dig a little bit deeper. You know, is that really it? And journal about it. Journaling is a wonderful thing because that fear monkey then feels acknowledged that you've heard it, just like a child, you know, that you've heard that child and that, you know, and sometimes that's enough to make it go, okay, cool. We're we're good now. And that's exciting because it just, honestly, it can reduce your fear from a die zone down to a uncomfortable zone. And that's what, you know, there's a lot of layers to fear. (laughs) So that's one thing is to do that. So another thing is to just I think narrow it down to three. Um, well, you can
0: do more if you like. you should do the whole seven <laughs> if you like.. It's oh, all you.
1: Well we've kind of talked about the first one, which is making friends with your fear and just understanding that it's there to, you know, to help you take action, to show you that it's time to take action. And it's exciting because it means that you're stepping out of your comfort zone that we all talk about. I guess um, another one. Actually, I mentioned it in um, the article, but, um, and that is enlisting support. Now, because of my upbringing, which you know wasn't a lot of fun, um, it was very challenging, um, I basically learned how to be extremely independent. And so when it came to me, like, for example, I walked away from the only family I'd ever known as a teenager at the age of um, around 13, 14. So to do that and walk away knowing that I would be alone for the rest of my life, that was a huge thing to face. So having done that though, I did it by myself. And so that put in my brain that I can face any fear by myself. But as you go through life, and now that I'm, you know, a fair bit past, you know, 14. (laughs) I'm well into my 40s, into my late 40s, um, I've now realised that it's a lot easier if you actually have support. And so something that was scary for me as I was, you know, matured into a, um, an adult was to actually you know, ask for help and enlist the support. And sometimes it's, it's just a matter of like if you're facing a fear of, say, public speaking, then sometimes it's about enlisting support from a professional. And, you know just going and hiring someone to help you to learn you know how to be a better public speaker or it might be you know um getting a coach or something like that so hiring a professional can be all about enlisting support um you know getting your friends on board and you know, I talk about different friends, friendships, and different sort of people that can help you. Um, but one of them, you know, just get friends that are only going to believe in you. Don't get those ones that want to put their own fears onto you. Oh no, you could never public speak because you know, way back I'm then, afraid of it. <laughs> exactly, and they try to put their fears onto you. So surround yourself with people who believe that you can do whatever it is you're about to face. You know, cheerleaders. That's what you need. We all need it, and it makes it so much easier. And then I guess um, one, of the, one of the other things is you've got, to, you've got to make a decision. You've actually got to decide now um, whether you want to face that fear or not. So say, for example, like spiders. I still have a fear of spiders. It's a lot less because given an opportunity, I will put myself out there and try and sort of face it. But I haven't actually sat down and gone, right, I'm going to smash this fear out of the water. So sometimes, you know, you can acknowledge your fear and that's enough. But sometimes if it's still affecting your life, like if, if the fear of spiders was affecting my life, I would then make the decision, draw the line in the sand and go, right, I'm going to face this fear. And public speaking is a good one because often it stops us from promoting our business or you know, even just talking about our business in networking groups. That's still public speaking. So yeah, it's something usually that if you have a business, it's usually something you've got to face. So what you need to do is just decide, make that decision, draw the line in the sand, get the help, get the support and, you know, and work on it that way. And then really you can do all the preparation in the world, but it really does come down to to actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And you get to a point where you've planned it all out. And I always believe in breaking a fear down into, so that's probably the second one, I'm giving you a whole heap, sorry. That's so right. the second point, the second point would be to break it down into sizable chunks. So if you decide that you're going to face the fear of public speaking, don't go out and book a TED Talk straight away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can do that, I'd like to know how. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, nah, you've
1: usually worked on a few of your fears before that you get to that point. To so go out and actually, you know, do a, a speech uh, in a small group you know, start off with your friends or, you know, do a speech at a wedding with your family or something like that. Break it down into sizable chunks and acknowledge yourself as you take each step to achieve, you know, the ultimate of facing that fear. So yeah, number two would be break it down. Um, and I always talk about, you know, how to eat an elephant. I can't remember who says that. Um, and someone famous and is like, you know, one chunk, one bite at a time. Now I don't, believe in eating elephants by any stretch of the imagination. I
0: mean, you're in Thailand at the moment, there's plenty. I know, in there. it is
1: so beautiful. And um, there's, yeah, but you know, it's a good analogy is break that huge big fear down to sizable chunks and acknowledge yourself as you step through those. And I suppose the next part would be, um, yeah, you still have to face it at some point. And sometimes that's just, you know, you've got your cheerleaders around you, you've done all the steps, you've prepared, you've reduced it down, you've got one chunk, you still have to do it. You still have to actually take the action. And that's what fear is. It's just a signpost that you've got to take action. And, and I found once you've actually done that, your confidence rises. So when you face, even if it's only part of a fear, you know, your confidence rises, your self-doubt and your, you know, your fear monkey gets smaller and, and your courage is increased. And you, it's like, wow, well, if I did that, what else can I do? And that's why I love fear. And helping people face fear so much is that they go on to do the most incredible things and I just I just love
0: it. And it is so amazing as you say that the fear is always bigger than what you think it is I mean like you know you are there and you think that speaking in public is gonna you know it's the worst thing apparently apparently people think it's as bad as death but I don't know I like speaking in public but once you've done it you kind of go oh that was easy and then you want to do do it again because you get a buzz out or even if you don't get a buzz at it not everyone likes speaking in public but you realize that hey I didn't die
1: Yeah, it was actually
0: okay I didn't die and that's kind of one of the things that I say to myself is will I die yeah will I die if I take the next step and generally the answer is no because <laughs> I'm still here
1: <laughs> but that's where fear is good because sometimes you know like for example sometimes taking that next step could be a die zone you know and it's just determining whether it really
0: is or not that's right yeah. i can remember actually and it was when i think was it when we we're in cambodia um i'm i have a fear of heights so we're at this um like treetops place and we're on um we're actually going across a narrow suspension bridge. It's about 40 meters in the air. And I hate suspension bridges. And I was walking across and I had this bracelet on, which has never ever undone, never undone. And I'm halfway across and all of a sudden, it's dropped down and it's dropped onto the bit of wood right in front of me, which is about this wide. And then there's gaps about this wide and I'm going okay and I'm looking there and because I stopped and I was the only one because my son was on one end and my husband was on the other end, and I just stopped and I went oh my god I've I've got to I've got to pick that up or I'm sitting there or am I just going to leave it now this wasn't just any bracelet this was a Tiffany bracelet that my husband had given me so it was worth about a thousand dollars and I was seriously considering leaving it there because for me to pick it up I had to let go of the side because to bend down and pick it up I had to let go even though I had a harness and everything on and because my my son behind me didn't really know what was going on so he started to rock the thing thinking it would be funny and I went oh no and then oh my god and the guide said either pick it up or move on and I'm there and I looked down and all I could see was this big space between the boards. It's like all the way down. I said, okay, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Am I gonna die? Yeah, probably.
1: But the reality is that you wouldn't have because you
0: No, because I was harnessed. when <laughs> I was there and I really, 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 I slowed and then I went, I was shaking so much. I thought, oh God, if I don't stop shaking, I'm actually going to knock it over the side anyway. <laughs> and then I got down, I picked it up and I put it in my hand and I was like as tight as anything. And then I walked to the other end. I was like, I have never been so terrified in my but in entire did life. how you feel? <laughs> how did you feel afterwards oh uh, no my heart was still just going boom 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 and then i gave the bracelet to my husband and said put that in your pocket <laughs> i'm not putting back on my wrist put it in your pocket it's your response so right i don't know now. about
1: anyone else listening but my belief this is just my belief is that the universe or whatever your personal beliefs are kind of made that happen so that you would have to face
0: that Probably but i have to say after that because the rest of it when we're getting higher and higher and zip lining and all of that that was actually pretty easy because i was like because i was afraid of the whole thing to start with but once i'd done that i figured oh well if i could do that i can do anything
1: and that's the beauty of (laughs) facing your fear and that's the end result you know and here's something too i just want to mention too because sometimes you can face a fear and you might fail in your eyes you might not actually do it so Trying to think of an example. So, say for example, in that example, you know, you just, you know, you decided not to. Actually, recently, um, I did a trapeze, a circus trapeze, and there was a girl there, and she, you know, she couldn't do it. Okay, so she'd had the courage to book it, show up on the day, do the preparation stuff, the training, and stuff like that, and we got up there, up to the trapeze, um, you know, a few, you know, um, levels up, and she couldn't do it. Now, she did keep telling herself, "I can't do this. I can't do this." But the the thing was is that what happens after that is really important as well. So she then chose to walk down and you could have chosen to walk on and leave the bracelet for your son who probably would have picked it up or it might have just fallen and gone to a gift to the world. And, um, you know, and – how we perceive it afterwards, how we measure that fear, which is fear, and the result of that is really important. You know, you you're not a failure because you actually got that far. For starters, you're afraid of heights, and you're on a tiny little bridge. You know, up really high. Hello, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who does that?
0: Right? So, the stupid people, but yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's a matter of really, it's very very important that if you don't succeed in your eyes to achieve that complete fear, um, then, you know, you've got to really still recognize yourself of how far you've come because you have stretched your comfort zone. Because you said yourself, zip lining, pff, walk in the park after that. <laughs> you know. So you've stretched your comfort zone. So it's really, really important that when you measure it, which is the last step in my freedom method, when you measure it, um, that you acknowledge yourself for how far you've come. Where you started, how far you've come, and then sometimes it takes more steps. So, like the fear of spiders for me, um, it's I've still got a fair way to go. I still need to put myself into, you know,
0: spiderhood. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> um, you'll find a few on the side of the road where you are. Oh at the yeah, moment.
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, <play>
0: with them. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah. So you know, sometimes it takes more than one attempt to actually face that fear because it's a bigger fear. And your fear of heights is a perfect example. Now, next time you come to a little sway bridge, it's going to be easier than it was last time. But there still will be some fear, which is, you know, why when you are finished, you're like, oh, my gosh. But after a period of time, you're like, no, if I did that, I can, you know, I can zip line, I can do all these different things. And that's the beauty of fear. There's several layers. And so the last part is really just to, to measure it and determine if you still need to face it again and do it again and you know then look for opportunities to do that if it's still affecting your life but take from it and acknowledge yourself for what you have done and that's really important <laughs>
0: Oh, we've been through so much stuff today and we've been working on me totally. Um, the Love these shows. <laughs> but I really want to thank you, Tegan, for being part of Marga Woman TV. You're also a very integral part of Marga Woman circles that we run. You're right, you've written for um, the visit the May issue of Marga Woman magazine. So you're a very big part of the Marga Woman project. So I really wanna thank you for really contributing and sharing your knowledge with everybody because what you do is absolutely fantastic. I'll be putting all of the links to um, your website and everything under this video. So I wanna thank you from all the way over there on almost the other side. No, you're not quite on the other side of the world. You're just a little bit behind. Not quite. Up the top there somewhere.
1: That's next month we go the other side.
0: (laughs) So we follow your travels around the world. So thanks so much for being part of this Marga Woman TV today. And for all of our viewers, thank you for watching. From my heart to yours, infinite love and gratitude. Bye for now. Well, did you enjoy listening to that Wise Woman's Conversation? Please let me know what you thought by leaving a comment on the Market Woman Project website or giving the podcast a review in iTunes or wherever it is you're listening to this podcast. Please share this podcast with other wise women who you think would like to listen. And remember, you are a wise woman. I want to thank you for listening today and until next time, from my heart to yours, infinite love and gratitude. Bye.